theyeshiva.net. So, Bruchim Aboyim B'Shem Hashem, and I want to thank my dear friend, Rav Mati Eichler, for this privilege and this invitation, the chairman of Achim Global. Thank you so much for the schus and the privilege to be able to address this very special group of people and everybody for coming out here, those of you who are here physically in the center of Achim, or those of you who are here with us virtually, or those of you who will watch the replay, welcome to everybody. I know that today's class, or this evening's class and lecture, Shir, is dedicated in the loving memory of really an incredible human being who was responsible, together with many others, but one of the cornerstones, the foundations of Achim Global, dedicated in the loving memory and Le'elu Nishmas, Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim Shimol, who passed away, Chavdalad, other Beis, just a little while ago, and was interred in Harazesim in Yerushalayim, Irakaydish, a person who has become a symbol and an ambassador of love and respect, an extraordinary father, an extraordinary grandfather, an extraordinary great-grandfather, an extraordinary husband and an extraordinary, extraordinary child, somebody who dedicated his life to Tzar Chitzibur, to the community of the Jewish people, and Reish Verishain, to Achim, somebody who dedicated so much of his time and energy and resources to be able to help those who want to support themselves and their family with dignity, those who need work, those who need parnasa, those who want to, who are freelancers, who are startups, who want to engage in startups, or need help and assistance on every level, financial help, strategic help, emotional help. So this class is dedicated in his extraordinary memory because the work that Achim continues to do on a daily basis to help thousands and thousands of young men and women, and men and women of all ages to be able to support themselves and their families, is directly connected to his complete dedication, and dedicated in honor of his wife, of his dear wife, Anna, and their children, Yankee and Moishi, who is today the president of Achim, and the daughter, Haley, and all of the children, all the grandchildren, and all the great-grandchildren, and thank you very much, and thank you for everybody, everybody who's here. So, as uh, Rabbi Eichler told me, that this Shia was dedicated especially in the week of Parshas Bahar, at least Parshas Bahar in Eretz Yisrael, we are still reading Parshas Emmer. The Americans are a little behind the Israelis this time. Sometimes it's the other way around. Until I think Matus Masse, when we're going to have uh, Shalom Bayis, we'll have reconciliation. Because Parsha's Bahar is really the Parsha that is the foundation of the entire work of Achim Global. Parsha's Bahar is the Parsha that deals with one of the greatest challenges of history. It's been like this 3,300 years ago, and it's still we still have the issue, and that's the issue of inequality in the market, poverty. And uh, as Winston Churchill once said, we're talking about the British, so Winston Churchill once said, he said, capitalism is the unequal distribution of success. Socialism 
is the equal distribution of misery. The free market is something we cherish. And the free market, the idea that people can generate income and generate success and generate revenue, is something that the Torah not only advocates and allows, but the Torah really supports it, and supports it in a very profound way. All the halachas that deal with bailus ownership are a testament to this. And yet, free market is a very precious thing, but so is equality. But the two ideals can't work together, because free market is very good in generating revenue, but it's not so good in how do you distribute it in a way that there is equality. And the uniqueness of Torah and halacha is that it doesn't have just a simple solution to this problem. It's a very complex issue. It's an extremely complex issue. And Parshas Bahar is really the foundation and Torah Shabbat for the hashkafa of Yiddishkeit, of Yadus, on the whole issue of how we deal with money and how we deal with the distribution of money. As we will explore some of these points in the Shir. Now, one of the key psukim, in Parshas Bahar, Perik Chaf Hey Pasuk Lamed Hey is Vichiyamu Chachicha Umata Yado Imach VeChezakta Boy Ger Vesoyshav Vachai Imach. Meaning, when your brother becomes poor, he experiences poverty. So Mata Yado Imach, his hand, his hand, wants to get support with you. So you should hold on to him. Hechzakta Boy, you should hold on to him. You should support him. You should be mechazikim, but here it means hold on to him. Even the gay and the soishov, the foreigner who came to live here, so that he should be able to live with you. So Rashi says, what does it mean, but you should hold on to him? Don't allow him to fall down. Hold on before he falls. Why? Because then it's going to be difficult to raise him back up. When his hand is losing grip, hold on to him. You know, his hand is losing grip and he's falling, hold on to him. Lamaza Daime Rashi decides to give us a metaphor. The metaphor comes from Tayras Kayanim, an illustration. Rashi doesn't always do this. He does this in unique situations when he feels that the illustration, the parable, is going to help us understand. Lamaza Daime, Lamasu Yalachamoy. There's a donkey who's carrying a burden. As long as the burden is on the donkey, one person can grab it and keep it on the donkey. Once it falls down, it's so heavy, even five people can't lift it up. As long as it's still on the donkey, it didn't fall, then one person could come and it, and it doesn't fall. Once it fell, what's Rashi trying to say? Somebody is poor, somebody doesn't have money, so hold on to him. Rashi is telling us here the Chiddush of this Pasuk. The Chiddush of this Pasuk is not to give tzedakah to the poor. There's a lot of psukim to give tzedakah to the poor. Famous psukim in Parashas Re'eh. The Pasuk here is talking about somebody who wants to support themselves. The donkey is still functioning. The donkey is carrying a burden. But the burden is about to fall off. So Rashi says, if you wait, if you delay it, once the burden falls, it's going to be very, very hard to bring it back up. Once the person cannot find the means to support themselves anymore, then 
it becomes extremely difficult. It's much more money and much more energy to be able to help them out, to be able to bring them back to where they were, or just to be able to give charity to them, because then you just have to support them. Rashi says what the Torah is saying, allow a person the dignity to be able to continue carrying their burden to be able to support themselves based on Hashem Yisbark. And fascinatingly, the Rambam, the Nesher Hagadol, the Great Eagle, and Hilchis Matnas Aniyim Perik Yud, Halacha Zayin turned this into the classic Halacha about the eight levels of Tzedakah. The Rambam says in his inimitable, beautiful language, There are eight levels, eight gradations in Tzedakah, one beyond the other. And the Rambam uses these words, also rear for the Rambam. <laughs> the Rambam could have just said the first one, and I know that it's the greatest because he says there's eight levels. So the Rambam could say, I know it's the greatest because he's going to do seven levels afterwards. Why does the Rambam have to add? But that's what those, these are his words. The great level of tzedakah, there's nothing higher than that. Really, there's nothing higher? Nothing higher. I don't think you have a better mission statement for Achim Global. To translate, somebody who holds on to the hand of a Jew who is experiencing poverty and you give him a gift or a loan, he could pay you back. Or you take him in, you invest with him, you create a partnership with him, you give him a down payment, you give him some seed money, or you provide him with a job, you provide him with a malacha, with a trade, with an opportunity, with a training, with a company, with an employer, in order to strengthen him so he doesn't need to become a burden on the community, he doesn't have to start walking around to people and saying, please, I don't have money, I don't have food, I don't have, I don't have the ability to support myself and the family, and he has to start borrowing. The Kiddush of Echzaktaboy is not you giving money to a poor person as charity. That's a Gavaldik mitzvah. You give money to somebody who doesn't have, and you give them to support themselves and their family. They shouldn't go hungry. The kids should have shoes. They should have challah for Shabbos. Here the Chiddush is something else. You hold on to him. They shouldn't fall. He shouldn't need to fall on the ground and then everybody has to come and pick him up because he's wounded, he doesn't have anything. No! You hold on that he could remain on top of his game. He could remain on top of his life story. He could continue taking care of himself. Why? Because you held on to him. He needed some seed money. He needed some advice. He needed somebody to help him out of bankruptcy. He needed somebody to provide him training. He needed somebody to give him opportunities, to give him offers, to show him the ropes, to network, to give him a connection, to help him with his startup. Or if he's a freelancer, to give him opportunities, to find for him a place where he or she could thrive, to invest. These are the words of the Rambam. Written 900 years ago. The Rambam says, There's nothing above this. Again, he could have just said, This is great, this is the first level. He says, There's nothing above this because everything else 
is on a different level. And I'll explain to you how I understand why the Rambam adds these words. The Rambam continues, there's another seven levels of tzedakah. What are the other seven levels? Very briefly, the next level, this is eight. What's level seven, the lower level is? If I give tzedakah to a poor person, and he doesn't know who he got it from, and I don't know who I gave it to. Classic matan b'seis, elishkas chashayim. I give it, he gets it, he doesn't know who he got it from, I don't know who I give it to. That's level seven. What's level six? I know who I'm giving it to, but the poor person doesn't know who he's getting it from. It's more dignified. That's level six. What's level five? Level five is he know who he, he knows who he's getting it from, but I don't know who's, who I'm giving it to. What's level four? Level four is I give it to him. He knows who's giving it. I know who's getting it, but I give it on my own before he asks. Then there's level three. I give it to him after he asks. I give him. He knows, I know. He asks and I give him. What's level two? I give him with a smile, with a geshmak, with a varamkai, but I give him a little less than he needs. <laughs> He's still struggling. And then the lowest level is, I give him, but I give him with a sour face. You know what I mean? I show him the door. He feels the baruch shepatrani. That's the lowest level. So see, there's something interesting what the Ramam is telling you. The number eight is not just the first level. It's of a different level, it doesn't go into the same genre. You see, the lowest seven levels, it's basically, I'm saving you. I'm saving you. I'm helping you. I'm giving you charity. Either you know who gave it to you, you don't know. I know you. I don't know. I give it to you with a smile. I don't give it to you with a smile. Givaldic, but it's of a different genre. The first level, I'm not saving you. I'm helping you save yourself. That's a whole different category. Givaldike, Givaldike difference. I'll tell you a story I heard from the Balamaisa. There's a Jew, his name is Rabbi Yosef Talushkin, Joe, Joe Talushkin, Joseph Talushkin. He's a famous author in the United States. He wrote many, many books. He wrote a book on Jewish humor and a book on Jewish literacy. Uh, he once, we were once flying together to South Carolina on a conference by the Federation on Jewish continuity. So we flew together on a little airplane. So we were sitting near each other. So Joe Telushkin, Rabbi Yosef Telushkin, told me a story. A story that happened with his father. It was a very, very moving story. Very moving story. <clears throat> story is, uh, his father's name was Rabbi Shloyme Telushkin. He, he had a Zayda. Some of you probably knew who his Zayda was. He had a Zayda, Rabbi Nisim Telushkin. Telushkin was a Rav in Bar Park. He wrote a sefer called Taras Mayim. He was a big expert on Mikvayas, Reb Nissen Talushkin, Zechren Levrach. But he had a father, Reb Shloimer. Reb Shloimer was an Erlechid, a simple Erlechid, and he worked as an accountant. And he told me my father was one of these people who worked his entire life. You know, he never took anything from anybody. He woke up early in the morning, he davened, he put in a full day of work. He supported his family with simplicity, but with dignity as an accountant. One of his clients was the secretariat of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The secretary of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he was one of the, he was the accountant, the, the, the bookkeeping, the bills, whatever he did. 
He tells me in the mid-1980s, his father suffered a stroke. A serious, it was a serious stroke. And he was in the hospital. He lived in Brooklyn, in New York. He was in the hospital, a stroke victim. And it was devastating. You know, obviously he was just in the hospital. And uh, he tells me, he gets a call. He gets a call from who? From one of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's secretaries, a Jew named Rabbi Yudel Krinsky. So Zangezut, Rabbi Krinsky tells him that the Lubavitcher Rebbe would look over the invoices at the end of the month. And he's looking over some of the invoices, and he tells Rabbi Krinsky, there's a discrepancy here. Yesh ihatamapa. There's a discrepancy between something is off. So Rabbi Krinsky says, he'll look into it. The Rebbe says, why don't you ask Shloyme Talushkin to check it out and maybe he can reconcile it for us. So Rabbi Krinsky calls Joe Talushkin and he says, I want to come over to the hospital to show it to your father. So Joe tells me, he says, Rabbi Jacobson, I told Rabbi Krinsky, didn't you tell the Rebbe that he's a stroke victim? He had a stroke? I don't understand. Are you going to go bother him in the hospital with some bill that you have? So the Budel tells him, the Rebbe knows that he had a stroke. The Rebbe was notified right when he had the stroke. The Rebbe knows. So he said, so why didn't you tell the Rebbe? He says, listen, the Rebbe knows he had a stroke. The Rebbe asked me to go ask him. I'm not going to go ask the Rebbe, he had a stroke, you forgot. We, you know, Chassid doesn't do that. So Joe tells me, he says, I felt very like, you know, that he worked, he worked by, by, by the Rebbe's office for, for so many decades. And he, how could, you know, how could you forget he had a stroke? Rebbe Yudel said, listen, the Rebbe asked me to do this, let me do it. He said, they come to the hospital. He said, he comes to the hospital with the bills. And he gives it to the Pshleimah Talushkin. The Pshleimah Talushkin starts looking at it. And it wasn't a complicated thing. It was a very simple thing. And it was hard for him to speak. But his eyes light up and he says, I'll show you the mistake. I'll show you the mistake. And he caught the mistake and he reconciled the discrepancy and everything was wonderful. And Joe Talushkin tells me on the airplane, he says, you will not understand how much life that gave my father. Because he was feeling so useless. He was feeling like such a, for the first time in his life, he's just macabre, he's just passive. The first time in his life, he felt so unneeded, so useless. You know, he worked every single day, like he felt like he has to contribute to society. And for the first time, he was just debilitated, paralyzed. He said, I was upset at the Rebbe, and then I suddenly realized, I suddenly realized that the Rebbe could have figured out the discrepancy in a few moments, maybe a few seconds. At Gata Shnele Kop to Rebbe. He didn't want my father to help him with the bill. He wanted my father to know that he's needed. And he says, you should know that that helped him so much come back to life. And he said he got back, he got out of it, and he continued to function. He continued to live for quite a few years. And when he told me the story, I understood something. There's a halacha in Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Reish Memches. And it's in Rambam, in Hilchas Matnas Ani and Peinig Zayin, that every Jew is obligated to give tzedakah. Even a poor person who gets all of his money from tzedakah, 
he has to take part of the money that they give him for tzedakah. So you have to make sure to give him money that he should be able to give tzedakah. And I thought to myself, why? Why? I don't understand. Instead of having the poor man give tzedakah, take that money and give it directly to another poor man. No. When I give you tzedakah, I can only give you bread, and I can only give you cereal, and I can only give you water and milk, and vegetables and potato. No. I also have to give you extra monies that you should give tzedakah. Why? The answer is, because if a person doesn't give, the person feels less than human. We don't only give because I have, so let me give, I have extra. Giving is innate to the human spirit, it's innate to the human condition. A person innately needs to be a giver, not only a taker. So if you want to help a poor person, I can't just give you charity. I also have to give you the dignity that you should feel that you're giving something, you're not just taking. And therefore I have to give you extra money to be able to give tzedakah. Shleimah Telushkin was suffering that day. Not just physically, obviously, emotionally. He had to feel that he can give. That's what the Rambam is telling us. When Achim takes a young man, and helps this person not just take, but give. The person wants to give. The person wants to give to themselves. The person wants to give to others. So the Rambam says, That person, to be able to help them, establish themselves on their feet, give them that independence, give them that dignity. Dr. Rambam comes to the world of tzedakah, and it's an interesting thing. With this inequality that the free market, the free market creates, Parshas Bahar, first of all, introduces a lot of halachas, from Shemitah to Yoivel, to all the halachas of freeing the earth on Yoivel, and Shechur Avadim, all the halachas of Bahar, and loans, interest-free loans, and tzedakah, etc., etc., that's from a legalistic level. But there's two other points made in Parshas Bahar that are foundational and have come to define the sociological uh, of the Jewish people. The, the perspective, the social hashkafa of Klal Yisrael. Number one, in the halachas of Parshas Bahar, you have the word brother, I think more, 10 times, maybe more, but at least 10 times, it says the word achicha. Ki yomuch achicha. Ki yomuch achicha imach v'gal mimkar achicha. It keeps on saying your brother, your brother, 10 times. Why? Why? Because the Torah is teaching us psychologically how we have to look at each other. We're brothers. There's an old joke about a chimpanzee who was sitting in the zoo and he was reading two books, the Bible and Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin's The Origin of the Species. So the zookeeper, the one who took care of the zoo, the man took care of the zoo, asked the chimpanzee, why are you reading these two books? He said, I'm trying to figure out, am I my brother's keeper or am I my keeper's brother? The idea of a brother, Kayin says, Hashem am I my brother's keeper? I'm responsible for my brother? That's Kayin. What does Yosef say? It's Achei I'm searching for my brother. Yosef HaTzadik says, a brother searches for a brother. Es Achai, I want to be here for my brother. Achim. Achim doesn't say, Hashem Ra'achi Anoichi, well, I care for my brother. Take care of your own business, I have my own problems. Achim is built on the words of Yosef. 
Es achay anoichim avakish. Roi Yisrael ha'azina, noye katsoyin Yosef. Beautiful word from Rabshnei Kotler, Hagorin Rabshnei Kotler, Rosh Hashiva of Lakewood. He once said, Ayid told this to me, Montreal, he heard it from Rabshnei one Friday night. He came to Montreal, there was an Oynik Shabbos, Abot, and he said this word. It says in Parshas Re'eh, Loisiz Goydedu. When somebody Chalila dies, you shouldn't scrape off the skin from your body, which was one of the signs of grief. Loisiz Goydedu. So the Gemara says in Yavam, is Dafyud Gimel, Loisiz Goydedu is Loisasu Agudas Agudas. Don't splinter Klal Yisrael into different groups. Don't create Machloikasin in cities. Loisasu Agudas Agudas. Ask the Maral of Prague in Gurarie. Usually when the Chazal explain a Pasek, it's somehow connected to the theme of the Pasek. Here, the Pirush of Teresh HaBiksav and the Pirush of Teresh HaBalpeh seem completely disconnected from each other. In Chumash, Leisiz Gayadu means don't scrape off the skin. And in, 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 in the Gemara, in Yevamis, don't split the Jewish people into separate, disconnected fragments. What Ma, ma, ma Kesha? What's the connection? Loisiz Gaidadu means don't scrape off skin. So Chazal sometimes give another Pirush, but it has to be connected. This is Maral's question in Gurari. Gurari on the Chum, on the Chumash and Parshas Re'eh, I think. So the Pshnei Kotler, Zatzal, he said something beautiful. He said it's really the same thing. It's the same Pirush. It's just the Pnimius of it. Because it says in Yerushalmi, Meseches Nedarim, that all the Jewish people are Keguf Echad, are like one body. Keguf Echad. So when you separate yourself from another Jew, what are you doing? You're not just separating yourself from another person. It's like chas v'shalem, you're amputating a part of your body because all the Jewish people are one guf, are one, like one body. So loisis goydedu means don't scrape off the epidermis, don't scrape off the skin of your body. Zog de gemara, loisasu agudas agudas. If there's a Jew I disconnect from, I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to be connected to you. I can't deal with you. I loathe you. I hate you. I despise you. I don't want to be connected. Get out of my life. What am I doing? I'm scraping off part of my own body. I'm detaching myself part of my own body. The Rizal said that before davening in the morning, you should say, You should accept mitzvah. It's not why. So that Samach Tzedek writes in the Sefer Derech Mitzvah he says something beautiful. He says, it says in Parshas Emmer, that's our Parsha this week, that Kol Baal Mum, if a behemoth is a Baal Mum, Lo Yikrev, you can't bring it, Lo Yali, you can't bring it up as a carbon, Lo Ratzin Hashem, why? Because it's blemished. If a Koyin is a Baal Mum, he can't serve in the Beis HaMikdash. If a behemoth is a Baal Mum, if he's blemished, you can't use the behemoth as a carbon. So Samach Tzedek says, what is davening? Tfilah keneged karbonus tiknum, keneged tmidim, a Gemarian brachis. Tfilis is karbonus. So when I daven, I'm going up to Hashem. Carbon, it says in Kabbalah, Sefer Abar, comes the word kiruf. So when I daven, I'm going up, I'm coming closer to Hashem. But if I'm detached from another Jew, if I say, you're not my brother, I hate my brother, I'm a balmum. I cut off limbs of myself. He says, a balmum can't become a carbon. You can't be mile yourself to the Rebbein and Shalalim. So that result says, before davening, you say, Now you're not a Balmum. Now you're another Mashalim. Now you can come to the Rebbeinu Shalom because Hashem includes all. And when I tell Hashem, imagine somebody comes to you and says, Mati, I love you, but I hate your children. Because you don't love me. You don't love me. If you love me, you take care of my kids. 
If a yid comes to Hashem in Shul and he says, Va'afta is Hashem elekecho, I love God. Then you see another Jew or him, never, I'm not talking to him. Hashem says, no, 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 no. If you love me, if you really love me, you love my children. If you don't love me, then you don't love my children. So if I come as a Balmum, I can't, I can't, uh, Hashem says, I need everything, I need everybody. It's all or nobody. Don't tell me that one child you're not inviting to the chasana. If you're not inviting a child, don't invite me, don't invite anybody else. We're all connected, we're all one. We never separate ourselves from each other. That's the Chiddush of Parshas Bahar. It's your brother, same genes, same parents. It's one. I have to thank Rabbi Eichler for pointing out this Fasemis to me. This week's Parsha. Parsha's Bahar, Tofresh Mem Aleph, 1881. Fasemis asks the question What does it mean? What's the imach? The Mepharshim say. Umata yadai imach, with you. Vehechzakta boy. It could say, vichiyamuchachicha. Your brother became poor. Umata yadai, his hand is losing the grip on his life, meaning he's not being successful. Vehechzakta boy, hold on to him. Vechayimach. What's umata yadai imach? Zagdehelikas Fasemis. Fasemis says something very powerful. He says the fact that Mata Yodoy, that his hand is weak, he doesn't have the ability to support himself, it's because Imach, his money, the money that he needs or the wisdom that he needs is with you. It's Imach, it's with you. It means that you have the power to hold on to him. Vachai imach, again imach, because his chius is with you. And he explains as follows. We say in benching every day, Baruch Atah Hashem Kedem Al-Khilm, Hazon es ha'olam kuloi betuvoi b'chem b'chesed v'rachem. Geval de kekash. Why are we talking about the whole world? Aye, talk about me. Baruch Atah Hashem Kedem Al-Khilm, Hazon oisi it's a beautiful thing. Who's talking about the world? Not everybody ate now. Some people in Australia are sleeping. Why are we talking? Talk about me. Talk about us, me, my family. There's another question. People ask this to me. When people come, sometimes they start benching. They say, You know what's happening in Africa? You know how many people are suffering from malnutrition in Africa? Baruch Hashem, we have no shortage of food. And we shouldn't take it for granted. For many generations, people woke up in the morning and they didn't know if they're going to die from hunger or from a famine, from a plague, from a virus, or from violence. Today we live in a time that in much of the civilized world, more people are dying from Coca-Cola than they're dying from hunger. You know that in the last few years, more people are dying from obesity 
than from starvation. It's a gewaldik azach, but it's not in the whole world. Some people are starving. So the Svasema says a beautiful yesoid. Gewaldik avort. It's such a nice word. He says, let me tell you how Hashem built the world. Hashem built the world in a way that nobody has everything. It says, Ezel chachem, haloimid mikol adam. Haloimid mikol adam, really? Yede, yede, meshugana has what to teach me. Yede katla kanya has what to teach me. Yede bybrid adam. Why? There's no such a thing that there's something in the world that's not a mashpia. Everyone has something to teach me. Nobody has it all. Everybody needs somebody else. I need you for money. I need you for advice. I need you for wisdom. I need you for your MS. I need you for your middas. I need you for your laughter. I need you for your humor. I need you for your authenticity. Even every worm contributes to the ecosystem, to the food chain, to the food web. Every worm, every fossil, every bone. Why? So the Mirisvasemis says, because this way we figure out the truth that everybody has a piece of godliness. Nobody owns everything. If somebody would think everything is by me, you would forget the truth that we're all part of a greater oneness. And that oneness is reflected in each creature and therefore each one of us needs the other. You need me and I need you. There's no person I don't need. There's no person I can't learn from. Either I need you for money or I need you for wisdom or I need you for authenticity or I need you for your humor or I need you for your help. I need you for your assistance. Every person has something unique and indispensable to contribute to the cosmic symphony. It's like ballads. It's like notes in a ballad. Every note is indispensable. It's like musicians or musical instruments in a symphony. Every instrument has its unique flavor that it adds, like a jigsaw puzzle, like limbs in a body. Every limb, every organ, every cell from the 80 trillion cells contributes its uniqueness. There's no such a thing, I'm self-contained. Because if I would feel I'm self-contained, I would lose touch with reality. Enoid Mulvade, we're all part of oneness. And therefore, he says, Hashem created the resources that we should be able to nurture the whole world. But those resources are sometimes given to a certain person or to a group of people, and we have to share. We have to realize we're all in it together. Sometimes governments or individuals are in a corrupt state and they don't do their job. So the way Hashem served, nurtures us, is not He gives everything to everybody. Sometimes He gives part of your wisdom to me, and I have the responsibility to give it to you. And then He gives you something for me. And then you have the responsibility to give it to me. And that's how the world works. He says, So the Rebbeinu Shalom gives the whole Bria everything it needs every day. And that's why we say, But there's a condition. The condition is, we have to realize that we're all one. He wasn't Zon me, he was Zon Ha'olam Kulay. Sometimes your food is by me. Sometimes my food is by you. The Medrash says here in Medrash Rabbah that this refers both. V'chiyamu chachicha is not just money. It's also wisdom. It's also wisdom. A whole Medrash based on it. There's a Gemara in Tmurid after Zion about Rosh v'ishta chachim nifgishu meir enish neyem Hashem. When the poor person meets the wealthy person and he helps the poor person meir enish neyem Hashem. It's in money and it's in wisdom. 
Like the Gemara says in Tmur and the Medrash Rabbah says here by Arichis, they both need it. I need to give you not only for you, for me also. Because the reason I have what I have, it's the world is one unit. So he says, If you see your brother is struggling with Parnasa, you should know Imach. It's because this is with you. The help is within you. It's in me. Sometimes I say, I don't have the power. He says, You'll come together and you will see the extraordinary blessing that exists. But for this, I have to realize. This is this Fasemes, Parshas Bahar. We have six minutes for Mairev. So in six minutes, I'm going to share with you another two beautiful insights. There's an incredible, incredible halacha in Talmud Yerushalmi, in Meseches Arla. And here you see how the world of science and the world of halacha, the world of botany, and teira, it's all one. It's all one. Ein loy la-kodesh baruchu ba'ilamei ladal ramash la-locha bulvada. The Gemara says in Brachas, Davches, Amar Ula. It doesn't only mean that Hashem only exists in dal ramash la-locha. Ein ed malvada. It means, Ein loy la-kodesh baruchu ba'ilamei ladal ramash la-locha bulvada. The ganze welt is dal ramash la-locha. The whole world is a reflection of dal ramash la-locha. It's a beautiful toyin in Perkeyavus. Omer Rabbi Yaakov, you're walking, you're taking a hike, you're learning, and you interrupt your learning. This week's Beirik, by us. The Torah considers you like you're endangering your life because you said, the tree is beautiful, the landscape is beautiful. And I ask you, what's the problem? He was walking, he was learning, and then he saw a beautiful tree, a beautiful landscape, a beautiful heaven, a beautiful sea. And he started to be There's brachas and masechta brachas that you make are natural phenomena. You go to a zoo, you see Yamagadal, there's Meshana Abriyas, there's Aisabayas, certain mountains. What's the Meshayev bin Avshay? When you say Mano Ilanze, you're praising Hashem. Parts of davening we do it. The Chazal did it. Dover HaMelech did it. Marash. What's the big deal? One of the beautiful interpretations is He's walking and he's learning. He interrupts his learning. He says how beautiful this tree is. He thinks that there's two worlds. There's a world of Torah and there's the world of nature. And in order to celebrate nature, you have to interrupt your learning. The emiss is, it's all one. You don't have to stop your learning to say how beautiful this tree. This tree is a continuum of learning. The whole world is a reflection of Torah. There's no separateness. There's no two separate things. There's the world of Torah, and then there's the world of Parnoss. This is what endangers our souls. It's not two separate worlds. It's one world, and when we help a person infuse their daily life with the dignity of having the ability to be able to learn Torah to educate their kids with Torah 
it's one world. So here you have an example in Yerushalmi for this type of unity. A fascinating halacha about Arla. What's the halacha? The halacha is as follows. I have a vine. I have a vine. Everybody knows the first three years of a tree, you can't eat the fruits. You can't have enough from the fruits. It's an Isser Arla. Now I take a srig, I take a branch of the vine, and I bend it, and I put it in the earth, because I want to make what's called a new vine. I want to make a new vine. I take a branch, a zmara srig from the vine, and I put it into the earth a little further, and I want it to grow from the earth. Okay? Now it starts growing with new grapes. Do I have to do arla on the new vine or not? So the shaila is, is it independent or is it not independent? If it's still connected to the source and it gets its chius, its vitality from the source, then you don't have to do arla because it's just part of the first tree. But if it's considered a new vine and it's getting most of its nurture from its own roots, it develops itself, it's called its own plant, it's living from its own power, it develops itself, then you have to count three years of arla. How do you know how it works? So Rebibi says in the name of Reb Chanin, listen to this, he says as follows, if the branches of the new vine are turned away from the first tree, then you know it's getting its nurture from the first tree. There's no arla. But if the branches of the new tree are facing the old tree, the mother, the baba, the mother, then you know that it's independent. Why? So Rabbi Yudar Bar Khanin said, Simona, here's the simon, the achil min chavre boyis listakalbe. If I eat from you, I'm embarrassed to look at you. So the Rebbeinu Shalayla made, listen to this. When the new tree is living over the old tree, it's embarrassed. So the leaves turn away. <laughs> I can't look at you because I'm ashamed. But when I'm already living off myself, now I'm not ashamed. Now I can honor you, I could look at you, I could say thank you. You know when somebody, you did somebody a favor, the businessmen listening know what I'm talking about. You know when you did somebody a favor and they'll never look at you again? Because <laughs> they can't deal with the fact that you helped them. What do they say? When you do somebody a favor, give them little rocks. So when they start throwing rocks on you, it shouldn't be big rocks. It's hard for me to look at you. From this came the term, Nama de Chisufa, bread of shame. Bread of shame means when I'm living off your bread, I feel embarrassed. I don't have dignity. Why don't I have dignity? Because I know it's coming from you. The Rebbeinu Shaloyla made a nature. Where does the Gemara say about Metziah? One kav of tvu of mine, I want more than nine of yours. It's a beautiful taich. Rashi says in Shabbos Lamed Aleph that Hashem is considered our friend. Hashem could give me everything for free. But Adam writes, it's more precious that I generated on my own. That's why Hashem made that a person should work. Already in Gan Eden. Hashem puts in Adam to Gan Eden. Whether it's Amal Melach, Amal Sich, Amal Torah, three levels of Mesech Sanhedrin. Amal Melach, Amal Sich. But Adam Lo'amal Yulad. Why? Because without it, it's Nama de Chisufa. The tree doesn't look at its source. I look away from it. One of the greatest, one of the greatest special gifts we can give a person. To be to be able to feel that Adam La'amal, that I have the ability Hashem, 
to be able to create a future for myself, to be able to create a future for my family, to be able to be a contributor to my family, to my community, to be able to be not only a makabal, also a mashpia. That power to give a person, to take away the chisufa, the shame, as the Yerushalmi says in Maseches Arla, is extremely, extremely profound. And I'm going to conclude with a word from the Belzeruv. The Heilike Belzeruv once said, it says in Parshish Re'eh, I think this comes from the Sar Shalom of Bells. The, the Eichler family will probably be able to correct me if I, if I attributed it to the wrong one, but I think it's the Heilike Sar Shalom of Bells. It says in Parshish Re'eh, if you have a poor person in one of the cities, don't close your heart. Don't, don't plug your heart. And don't shut your hand. Don't shut your hand. Open your hand, give him tzedakah. Give him what he needs. So the Belzeruv, the Sarshalom of Bells asked, you see how redundant it says? First it says, Don't close your heart. Okay, I get it. Open your heart, open your hand. He says, don't close your heart. Don't close your hand, open your hand. He could have just said, don't close your heart, open your hand. I understand why he doesn't say open your heart, because it's not enough to have an open heart. You have to have an open hand also. Why does it say, Sashalom said as follows. Sometimes, there's a person who has a closed heart, so you open your heart, but you still have a closed hand, because when your hand is closed, look at me, all the fingers end in the same place, you see? When you open, every finger has a different measurement. So he says, sometimes people have an open heart and they give stock, but they give to everybody equally. I don't care here, $18, $18, $180, $180, $180, $180, 180 I give everybody equally. He says, no, your hand is closed. Your heart is open, but your hand is You have to tune into what the person needs. This person needs this, this person needs this. That's the uniqueness of Achim. Ashrei maskil al dol. You have to understand what the person needs. This person needs this measurement. This person needs an eitz. This person needs seed money. This person needs a partner. This person needs an investment. This person needs a job. This person needs training. This person needs to learn something about high tech, about computers. Tune into the individual state of the person to be able to build him or her up so that we could be able to fulfill this great thing that the Rambam says, this great mitzvah, Thank you very much. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.